You're listening to the Grow Your Own Food Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow fresh fruit, vegetables, and even grains in your own backyard. In every episode, you'll get growing tips, recipe inspiration, and more. Ready to get growing? Then let's jump in. and welcome to episode 102 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I am your host, Shauna Smith, and today we are talking about a very specific pest for a very specific crop, and that is corn leaf aphids. So aphids, if you're not familiar with them, they are soft-bodied, tiny little insects. They are about the size of a gnat without the wings, and they are Wow, they multiply super fast and they can get out of control really easily. There is a special form of them that likes to congregate on corn plants and cause a few different problems. They're especially prevalent this time of year as corn tassels are forming. So I'm going to be talking you through a little bit more in terms of specifics about what they are what they do, why they're kind of not great to just let run rampant, and then what you can do about them in this episode. So we're going to be covering all of that here shortly, but first, a word from our sponsor. So if you're growing corn, and this could be sweet corn, it could be popcorn, I've noticed it happen a little bit more often on sweet corn, But there may be a day in June where you walk outside and you're like, oh, my corn is growing so great. And then you get a little bit closer and you find that a lot, or at least some, of the tops of your corn stalks have like this bluish green gray tint to them. And you get even closer and it's not that they've turned a funny color. It's that they are covered in tiny little aphids that are this bluish green gray color. And it's horrifying. It's happened to me, especially the first time that it happened. And I didn't know corn leaf aphids were a thing. And so they really got out of control before before I noticed what was happening. So aphids in general... They are a very tiny pest, and they are a sucking pest. So, you know, we've talked a lot about pests recently because it's summer, and that's when all the pests kind of start to arrive in the garden. And we've talked about pests that are borers. They, they lay their eggs, and they hatch into larvae, and they bore into the stems of plants. But then you have a whole other classification of insects that are sucking pests and they have these mouth parts where they they kind of stab these mouth parts into leaves or young fruit or stems and suck the juices out of of the plant Uh, and that's what aphids are they are that kind of you know sucking pest and corn leaf aphids in particular suck the juices out of you guessed it corn leaves they show up at the top of the plant where the tassels emerge. 
And in large groups, they give the top of the corn stalk a sort of dirty or moldy look, kind of like that bluish green gray color that I was talking about. So if you're not up close and personal with your corn stalks every day and looking for aphids, then that's totally okay because life gets away from us, right? That that might be your first indication that, that they're there at all. So they show up in hordes, they reproduce like crazy, and they can increase in number very, very quickly because they lay a lot of eggs and the eggs are very small and hard to spot. So there's that. And sucking the juices out of corn leaves, not great. The plant can survive it. You know, if you were to do nothing, the plant would still survive probably just fine up until a point, up until it got really out of control. And then you might start to see some problems. But to me, the really more problematic thing that they do is as they eat, corn leaf aphids and really all aphids in general excrete this sort of sticky gunk called honeydew. Uh, It's a very pleasant name for a really kind of gross substance that kind of gums up the pollen on the tassels and prevents the corn silks below from being pollinated. So if you listen to my podcast episode on growing tips for growing corn, you know that corn is wind pollinated. So the pollen has to kind of fall off of the tassels up above the male part of the plant and drift down onto the silks, the corn silks, which are the female part of the plant below. Well, if there's enough corn leaf aphids swarming all over the tassels, that pollen can't really detach itself and and float down to the corn silks below. It just kind of sticks to everything. And when the corn silks, if you know anything about growing corn, are left unpollinated, then you know that the kernels fail to form on the cob and you get cobs that are spotty in terms of their their kernel formation and, and they're just kind of like a want want a failure you know you not really the type of thing you would want to eat so the good news is it takes a very severe infestation for corn leaf aphids to damage a whole crop i mean you can have a corn leaf aphid infestation on one stalk and the stalk next to it will be completely fine but if you do absolutely nothing to remediate the situation they will spread and they will reproduce and it will kind of get out of control so the really really good news though is that they usually spread slow enough from one plant to another that you're able to get them under control pretty quickly to keep them from destroying even that plant and especially a whole crop so i have a couple i would say four different options here for how you can remediate, control a corn leaf aphid infestation. So your very first option for controlling aphids, and this is any aphids, not just corn leaf aphids. I do this with my milkweed plants that are, honestly, they they get infested with oleander aphids every single year. They're a different color, but they work in the exact same way with the sucking mouth parts and making things sticky and gross. Uh, and the first thing that I think is probably the most effective, it's probably a little up there on the ick factor, is to hand squish them. So get up close and personal with your corn stalks, looking at the very top and then 
in the crevices where the corn leaf petiole, kind of the very bottom of the leaf, meets the corn stalk, like the stem. Because essentially, corn is just like an overgrown grass. Aphids really like to hang out in those tight crevices, keeps them protected, sheltered from, you know, weather, high winds, because they are pretty delicate, soft-bodied little things, and, and they like to be sheltered. So those are kind of going to be, those in the tassels are going to be the first places that they're going to show up, and you're going to want to look for them when hand squishing is is still an option because I really only recommend hand squishing when their numbers are low and it's easy to control them this way. I mean, if you were to hand squish them once they really kind of exploded in terms of their population, you would be out there forever and your hands would be a mess and it would really get kind of gross. Uh, so I, I recommend doing this in like the early stages of the infestation. And yes, it is gross. Squishing any bug with your bare hands is gross, but they are soft-bodied, as I've mentioned before, so it's really easy. It would be like squishing a gnat, you know, with your bare hands. If you want to reduce that ick factor that I mentioned, I recommend wearing gardening gloves while you do it. And again, just get after them with this method as soon as you see them because they reproduce like crazy. The second option, and this is sort of if they have started to get out of control, is to blast them off with a jet of water. So corn plants are really pretty hardy. They're pretty sturdy. The leaves are thick. The stalks are thick. They, they can handle a jet of water. Aphids, being soft-bodied insects, are not hardy. They're weak, and washing them off is very easy. I set my watering wand on jet mode and just kind of blast away as many of them as I can with that watering wand on my hose. I have a link in the sister post to this episode to the watering wand that I use. It's by a brand called Dram and it's their kaleidoscope watering wand. It's got, I think, like, I don't know, six to eight different modes on it. And it's amazing. I love it. It's lasted, I think, like five years now. And the jet mode on it is almost like a power washer. Seriously, like we have washed off some some landscaping big power tools that we've rented from Home Depot with it to do stuff out in the yard and brought it back. And the guy at Home Depot said he's never seen machinery come back looking that clean before. This <laughs> this watering wand is where it's at. And I'm super happy with it. So that is definitely something that your corn stalks can withstand. And it's a, it's a good way to just sort of organically, naturally get rid of those aphids, just blasting them off with a strong stream of water. The next thing you can do, and I would say doing this in addition to occasionally, you know, blasting them with water, is to recruit some help. So look around your garden. doesn't have to just be on the corn plants, um, but you may notice them on the corn plants because that's where the aphids are, is to look around your garden and check and see what your ladybug population is like. Uh, I think in the UK they call them lady beetles, but either way, same thing. If you've noticed several of them, you honestly may not need to do a ton aside from just kind of checking back every once in a while and making sure that the population hasn't gotten out of control because ladybug larvae 
eat hundreds of aphids a day, including corn leaf aphids. So like any kind of aphid. And I have a really, really great picture of a ladybug larva on the sister post for this episode. Everybody always describes them as looking like little orange and black alligators. I I don't think they look like orange and black alligators, but they definitely look nothing like ladybugs. So if you're curious as to what ladybug larvae look like, I would definitely encourage you to check the link for the sister post in the show notes for this episode. And in the picture, you'll see it's on the bottom of a milkweed leaf, and this ladybug larva has been feasting on the oleander aphids that were infesting my milkweed. And you can see the underside of the leaf is just littered with aphids that this larva has just sucked all the juices out of and and eaten. So they're very, very effective. They will find, you know, if you have ladybugs or you have ladybug larvae in the garden, they'll find the buffet eventually. But you know what? If you happen to find some larvae, Uh, or some ladybugs. There's no harm in trying to, especially with ladybugs, because they can fly away. Larva, uh, as long as you're gentle with them, you know, you can pretty effectively pick them up and place them right in front of a horde of aphids, and they will just immediately go to town. It's fantastic. I've, I've done it, and it's very satisfying. Is it worth buying ladybugs for this kind of thing, though? No. If you have an aphid infestation, I do not recommend buying ladybugs. Because most ladybugs, as soon as you release them, adult ladybugs are just going to fly away without laying any eggs. They're going to fly away in search of food. Even if you do have aphids in the garden, they may stick around for a little bit and eat. But adult ladybugs... They do eat aphids, but they only eat a very small fraction of what their larvae eat. And most of them, you know, won't stick around long enough to eat, mate, and lay eggs. They'll just fly away. So I really don't recommend, whether it's for corn leaf aphids or, or any aphid infestation in your garden, I don't recommend buying ladybugs for this purpose. And in terms of, you know, recruiting help organically, naturally, another form of help is parasitic insects. I know that sounds like nightmare fuel, but they're a huge help in terms of organic pest control. If you see any big brown bloated or fuzzy looking versions of of those aphids, those corn leaf aphids roaming around, these are aphids that have been parasitized or afflicted with a disease that honestly should help keep your population in check. So if you see them running around, leave them, don't squish them. They'll they'll go around and they'll either become dinner for whatever has laid its eggs inside of it and you know their parasitic insect will go on and and parasitize other aphids or it's diseased and it is going to infect you know other aphids eventually helping to control the population Um, and it really won't it won't harm your plant or make it unhealthy for you to eat or anything like that option number four would be to smother the aphids. So let's say you have been pretty diligent in blasting them off. You have tried waiting for ladybug larvae to show up and they're not. And, you know, numbers are just, they're still just getting out of control, even though you're doing all those things. You're squishing, you're spraying, you're you're praying for help from the beneficial insects. So smothering the survivors with neem oil, with a dilution of neem oil, is going to be probably 
your your last option. Basically, the way neem oil works, and, and I've talked about it in a whole other episode that's all about neem oil, it will cover the remaining aphids and suffocate them. So neem oil is especially effective on soft-bodied insects like aphids, and it just that that's that's all there is to it. That's how it works. Is it it's an oil, it covers them and it suffocates them. It's non-toxic to humans. It's derived from the neem tree, which is an evergreen tree from India. So it's it's organic and biodegradable, but it should always be diluted according to package directions before use. So I have a link in the sister post for a neem oil brand that I like and I trust. If you happen to buy a neem oil concentrate though, something that's not diluted, I just recommend you know that you follow those directions carefully. More is not better when it comes to things like neem oil, you know, making a stronger solution. It can damage the plant. It can it can lead to, you know, issues and imbalances in your garden. So it's really best to follow those directions. I have found that places where it's hard to get to with a blast of water or hand squishing, so like way down there in the crevices between the base of the leaf and the stem, that's where it's really, really effective to apply or spray neem oil because the neem oil really gets down in there and just smothers, you know, like whatever is left down there. So I find that that's kind of like a really great last thing to do if you've got some holdouts, if you've got some problems with things, you know, aphids keep coming back, keep repopulating. Neem oil seems to really squash the situation, no pun intended, once and for all. So whichever of these options that you pick, make sure that you check back often and repeat as necessary. So especially with hand squishing with a water jet approach. Like I said, aphids are persistent. They reproduce and multiply like crazy. So you might have to keep up the spraying. And even though neem oil is very effective, it is very possible that, you know what, there were some hiding in a place that you didn't see. And so the spray didn't get to them. And you kind of just need to keep checking back and, and spraying to keep them under control and keep them away. If things kind of got a little out of control before you noticed it and had a chance to really do anything about it, and you're concerned about the silks on your affected corn plants getting enough pollination, you can always pollinate by hand, which I have a link to a blog post about that in the sister post for this episode, but if you're not in a reading mood, that is actually what we're going to be talking about next week. We're going to be talking about pollinating plants by hand, and I have a couple different examples, corn being one of them. So if you don't have time to go out to the sister post and check up on that blog post and read through it, uh, but you're interested in learning about how to hand pollinate the plants in your garden, then that's what we'll be talking about next week. Lastly, unfortunately, there's not much that can be done to discourage aphids from year to year. They migrate from warmer southern climates every year. Honestly, all you can do is be prepared and try to catch that early. Early prevention, early monitoring, that's honestly going to be the case for any pest situation, any organic control of a pest situation anyway, is going to be your best bet. So, yeah, that's it. That is it for today. That is how to control corn leaf aphids, whether you just, you know, 
whether they just showed up or whether you have a serious situation going on. Um, those are your different options or, or approaches to controlling them. Uh, like I said, we're talking about hand pollination next week. I am excited to talk about it because I think it's really, really great. It's a great option for those of us who, especially if you're a beginning gardener and maybe this is your first garden or you have a small garden and the local pollinator population hasn't found your garden yet, doesn't really have that programmed, you know, the coordinates for your garden programmed into their little brains. Or say you live in a city and you just don't have a ton of pollinators flying around, but you need pollination, this is going to be a really great one for you to listen to. So looking forward to sharing that information with you next week. Until then, I hope that your gardens are growing beautifully. We are in the middle of a wonderful little cool weather break from some 100 degree temperatures that were really worrying for the middle of June, honestly, for it to get that hot that early. So I am thanking my lucky stars and enjoying all of the time outside that I can. I hope you're in the same boat. And if you're not, I hope that you are drinking lots of water, doing your best to stay cool and doing all your pest hunting in the morning while it's still bearable outside. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.